Funny Books edition with Tim and Wayne. I'm Aaron. <laughs> this is Paul. This is Wayne. It is the annual Funny Book Awards, and I think this is either the eighth or ninth, and I want to say it's the ninth annual Funny Book Awards this year. It is. I think we should call it quits after ten. <laughs> I'm out. This shit, this shit is getting harder every year. Letter of resignation provided. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I really look forward to this. <laughs> I, I I don't know about you guys, but I dread this. <laughs> this is literally the most work I have for this podcast. Ever since uh, comic book cover gate, uh, 2013. Uh, <laughs> 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 <sighs> well, you know, I, I and I we're going to get into this, but I. I I think this was the hardest year, not because there was so much good to choose from, but that there was so much mediocre. Yeah, I, yeah. I would agree with that. You know, I, I reached out to Aaron earlier this week and I said, Aaron, I'm, I'm genuinely struggling. Like there's a question mark next to my favorite ongoing series because uh-huh. um, this year the, I, I would say there were um, there were reboots. There were series that ended and started and restarted and, you know, were wiped from continuity. And, and so many things happened this year. And a lot of things ended poorly or ended um, great runs to start mediocre runs. And it was just, you know, there there was not a ton of consistently great this year. Um, you know, and I, I hate to start the the... The, the funny book awards by saying hey it was a mediocre year but you know <laughs> when you compare it to uh the the year rebirth came out or the launch of mr miracle and batman and and tom king um really getting in there and and some of that stuff that happened last year um you know this year the, the you know there there was some great media I'll, I'll give it that when we get to tv show and movie there there there's tons to heap praise on but in the comics world, yeah, I struggled a little bit. Yeah, there, well, were w- there was way easier to pick on media than it was. Or at least there were a lot more good options for media. I would agree. But, you know, I, I will say, and, and you know, dear listener, keep listening. Um, there are some standouts, but I think there are certain categories, as, as Paul mentioned, that I think we'll go, you know, there wasn't a lot to choose from here. Yeah. You know, or there wasn't enough. And, and, you know, it's like, eh, I like that. But is it noteworthy? Is it worthy of the coveted Funnies Award? Were you overwhelmed or just whelmed? <laughs> hey, there's a Young Justice reference. That's now on DC Universe. New season oh, started yesterday. Look at you. We'll talk about it at the 2019 Funnies. Huh. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. So hopefully we'll talk about it at the 2019 Funnies. Well, are you ready, <laughs> are, are you ready to kick this pig, Paul? Let, let, let's, let's kick it hard. Okay. So our first category is favorite supporting character. So uh, I'm going to let Wayne kick us off here. Okay. Um, This one was kind of rough this year because some of the characters that I usually are my go-tos, I can't point to anymore. Like Lois Lane was a big one for me in previous years and even in the beginning of this year, but I really can't point to her right now. Um, I ended up going on this one, and I know I'm going to be the only one because I'm the only one reading it, with Mary Jane from uh, Amazing Spider-Man. It is so good to have that character back, that character as a actual supportive character. And I think they're doing very good things with her. I rather liked Mary Jane in um, Ironheart. 
she yeah. is a, a member of that supporting cast in Ironheart. And I really enjoyed her there, but I haven't read a, a, a I read the first issue of uh, the current run of Spider-Man with Ryan Otley, but I haven't read anything since then. So, Wayne, when you've referenced Lois Lane this year, I'm assuming you're referring to the sexy Lois Lane from Heroes in Crisis number four. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That was really awesome. Wow. That that was that was startling is what that was. I was like, oh, oh, let me zoom in. (laughs) I will guide this view myself. (laughs) You don't often see Lois hanging around the apartment in her undergarments. You know, I I was like, wow. Should. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll go next since I derailed. Um, <laughs> just to summarize, Wayne voted Mary Jane. Um, and, and uh, you know, I am not voting for Mary Jane, but I am also voting uh, for a female supporting character with Barda. Um, Barda oh. in uh, the Mr. Miracle series. Uh, you know, I, you know, for I, my, the first character I chose actually was Zod and the way he's being portrayed in Bendis's current Superman run. Um, and then... Like, it just hit me. I'm like, no, Barda. Um, Barda in Mr. Miracle was such the memorable character, the standout character in that book. Um, You know, as great as that book was written, and we'll talk more about it later on, spoiler warning. um, You know, Barda was, for me, um, one of the most memorable aspects of that book. So, uh, Tim, how about you? Um. So I'm not sure that this person qualifies in this category, but uh, he's the one that I could make the most compelling argument for, and that's Ghost Rider in the Avengers. Um, uh, When they uh, introduced the new Ghost Rider, the one with the the El Camino or whatever he drives, I was less than impressed. Maybe it was because of the art. Maybe it's because I I really like Danny Ketch. Um, But reading him in the pages of the Avengers – He's he's pretty badass. He he powered a celestial. He's he's one of the only ones of the team that could that could do that without, uh, you know, majorly hurting themselves or calling in technology Deus Ex Machina, Tony Stark uh, wise. And I love his interactions with the more experienced uh, members of the Avengers. He is kind of their Spider-Man, for lack of a better term. You know, the the fresh face on the on the team who brings a lot to the table and kind of each, each uh, just about every issue shows, uh, uh, you know, either that moment or a moment where he's more powerful than I think people give him credit for. So that's why I went with ghost rider this year. So my side, and clearly we're not going to have a consensus here on uh, best supporting character because each one of us has a different choice, but, but my choice is the character Bats from the Donny Cates run of Doctor Strange. That is the the run that ran from 2017 to 2018. And Bats is a Basset Hound. Uh, sidekick of Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, if you if you if you go back to the first issue of that series, Doctor Strange is no longer the Sorcerer Supreme. Um, he lost that mantle uh, to Loki at that time, and so he he went into private practice as a veterinarian. <laughs> and in order to facilitate his veterinary work, he enchanted the animals to talk to him. And and uh, the dog Bats, who had been a rescue dog, uh, uh, is his buddy. 
Um, Bats goes through a number of different changes in the book, but consistent through throughout the Donny Cates run, he speaks truth to power while also remaining a loyal friend. And uh, it is a fantastic story that I am so glad for the Marvel sale uh, over the holidays because I was able to read that. And, you know, I, one of the things I tempered was, am I just am I just calling Bats out? as my favorite supporting character because I just recently read this book or is it because he's genuinely that good of a character? And I will say he is genuinely that good of a character. So I, my, my nomination is bats, the basset hound from the pages of Dr. Strange by Donny Cates. All right. So no clear winner for, uh, for our first category, not off to a good start. I think this will be a trend, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree with that. Yeah. Um, So, Next category, favorite villain. Um, I think I'm going to be selfish and I'm going to go first on this one. Of course you are, Paul. (laughs) So favorite villain for me. um, I I thought long and hard about this and and um, I went with the upside down man from uh, Justice League Dark. I, I, I thought you'd go. I, you know, for in in the year that we had, uh, we you know, I of course I always think dark side, but you know, I wanted to uh, to to go a different way with it. And the Upside Down Man was a new villain created by James Tynion the Fourth, and had a, despite how that um, crossover and I don't remember what it was, the Witching Hour uh, concluded, the the Upside Down Man's introduction and his character I I think are are super memorable. Um, and I'm intrigued to see more of the character. So I feel like I feel like the upside down man is a beautiful design. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was a lot of promise there. I just didn't feel like there was any delivery. And I don't think that delivery is going to come until uh, we see more of that story this year. Yeah. But uh, I don't think we saw enough of him uh, in 2018 to be able to call him the best villain, because all you really saw is, holy shit, what the fuck is that? You know, as opposed to getting to, to get much you know, thought from uh, the Upside Down Man. But I agree, he's, he's a beautiful design. So, Aaron, what 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 way do you think I was going to go with it? Dark Side is. Yeah? Is that yours? Yeah, that is mine. I You know, the pressure that Dark Side places on uh, Mr. Miracle throughout that entire series uh, by Tom King and uh, Mitch Jared uh, is fantastic. And, uh, you know, again, my favorite sequence of panels this year by far is the sequence of dark side eating carrots from the vegetable tray. (laughs) I I, I can't begin to tell you how much delight that brings me. Um, The, when uh, Mr. Miracle and Barda murder dark side, it is so visceral and it's because you've got so much, um, the stakes are so high and you've got so much emotion and history packed up with dark side that that is as impactful as it was. And, uh, so, you know, for me, when I, when I think about villains each year, it's usually Dr. Doom, dark side, Thanos, sometimes Galactus. I mean, that, that, those are the four that I think of. And, and I was looking at, is there another villain here that I thought was anywhere nearly approaching, uh, dark side. And as frankly, I couldn't, I couldn't conjure one, uh, that I thought was, was 
anywhere nearly approaching uh, Dark Side as in the pages of Mr. Miracle. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and change my vote to Dark Side. Woo! I'm going with Dark Side. I like it. I like it. Aaron's convinced me. I, I do think 2019 might be the year of Doctor Doom based on the latest issue of Fantastic Four. Uh, One can hope. I've been waiting crossed. for a. The, you know, the, the the Doctor Doom story that that took my breath away was uh, the infamous Iron Man, mm-hmm. and um, so I'm I'm really hoping that Dan Slott's going to uh, you know peel my banana on that one. Just saying, peel my banana, <laughs> Tim. Tim, take us away from that metaphor. Oh God, <laughs> not me. I was hoping to go last. Uh, we can let Wayne go first. Please let Wayne go first. Maybe he'll convince me. I won't convince you with mine, I guarantee you. Uh, so I put some thoughts to this one, and I was thinking about all the villains over the year and realized none of them really were deserving of the title. You, there weren't good villains this year. There were no, no one I could really point to. And then I thought about the Flash series that I've been enjoying so much. The, you know, reading Flash and seeing Wally and seeing his, you know, realizing his kids are gone and... I was thinking about that series and I'm really going outside the box with my favorite villain here and Barry Allen, Barry Allen by his actions, you know, created flashpoint, which took away Wally's family. Barry Allen throughout the course of those stories kept making selfish choices that ended up harming the people around him and putting them in more danger instead of just trusting and relying on them. And yeah, it was the only character I could think of that, you seem to be a while being the hero of his book was the best villain for me. I feel like we've talked about that a little bit in previous funny book awards. When flashpoint came out, I feel like Barry Allen may have, uh, may have been a a contender for favorite villain at that time too. Yeah. And it just, it's because it came back this year with Wally suddenly being back and Wally finding out about everything that happened and other choices he made in the series of the book. Uh, during the course of multiple storylines, he kept making selfish choices for himself versus the people around him. I got to be fair, though. If making selfish choices makes us a villain, then Paul's the, the best villain of the yes. year. Yes. I mean, tell me. Wow. <laughs> of every year. Nine years in a row. <laughs> I got two names written down. Um, the, the sad part is we've, we've seen neither one of them to the, like, the, the, the finish line yet. And it... I think what I'm going to do is as much as I've loved what Bane's done to Batman in getting him to, uh, you know, punch Jim Gordon in the face and pull in the strings behind Arkham, I don't think I've seen enough yet to give it to him. The person that's a little farther down the storyline that I got to give it to is Dr. Manhattan. Um, Dr. Manhattan in, in, in the pages of the, the, uh, the, the Watchmen uh, part do has, pretty masterfully taken Superman off the board the last point we've gotten that story in there. He he got him to have the most incredible public relations nightmare you've ever seen. Um, and I think he, he, like I said, he's a little farther down the path of what he's trying to do, which is why I'm giving it to him. But so far, the beats in that story have been pretty perfect. It's a real wordy story, and I'm not sure if it's in continuity, but he's played the best the best uh, chess game that I've seen this year in the books I've read. So I'm going to go with Dr. Manhattan. You know, that's a very good choice, Tim. And you've got me interested in the Batman one 
because one of the things that frustrates me about Bane, how people write him, is they forget that when Bane showed up, it wasn't the physical strand. I mean, yes, he physically broke Batman, but it was the mental aspect, the pulling the strings, finding out that Batman was Bruce Wayne, releasing all of the villains. He's a smart villain, not just a tough one. And if you, if he's doing string pulling and actually got Batman to punch Gordon, I want to read that story. Yeah, yeah it's, he's it's, playing it's, the long game. Yep. All right. But so it sounds like have we a have a winner, though. Yeah. Dark Side is, appropriately enough, our first winner of the 2019-2018 Funny Book Awards. So our next category is our favorite hero. And uh, I'll go. Yes. So, and you know, just just to tag on to uh, you know, Dark Side as favorite villain, my my favorite hero by far this year was Mr. Miracle in the pages of Tom King's uh, Mr. Miracle. Uh, I, 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 you know, he is on just about every single panel in those twelve issues, and I think that uh, we got deep inside his head, and he made some some really interesting choices. Uh, and he was family first. And I, I, I just I really dug uh, I really dug that depiction of Mr. Miracle. And, and he is uh, my choice. So, Tim. Uh, um, this is the one that I had the hardest time with, because I I haven't I haven't seen any moments that have stood out to me as far as hero goes this year, in, in my opinion. Um, because as much as I'd like to go to the old staple Batman, he's been kind of a bastard this year. So, uh, <laughs> well, he got his heart broken, Tim. He he did. He, he was did. very sad. I uh, I I really don't know if I can. I uh, you know what? Much like voting Green Party, um, <laughs> where it's not it's not really going to matter. Uh, what I, what I right now here? Uh, you know, I think. I think what I'm going to say is I'm going to go rogue for Mr. and Mrs. X. Um, I've really loved that story. Uh, I've loved the depiction of, uh, she's always been one of my favorite X-Men characters just because she's so tormented by the, the fact that she has the power and she's gone through many iterations of trying to get rid of it, keeping it, trying to be true to herself. Can you tell and, me about that series? I don't know very much about it. So Mr. and Mrs. Uh, and we, I might talk about it a little bit later, so I don't want to get too far into it, but it's a storyline basically been when uh, Colossus and Kitty Pride did not get married this year like they were supposed to. Uh, Gambit and Rogue did. Yeah, that was an like their vows really were what sold me on their relationship. Kitty Pride chose not to marry Colossus because they kept breaking apart and coming back together. Gambit and Rogue chose to get married because they keep finding each other. And right. it's it's how they look at those situations. Right. So that I've I've loved the writing in that in that book. Um it like I I said before, it's about as much X-Men as I want in my life and not more than I need what I would get with any other title. So I'm going to say Rogue this year for your favorite hero. Wayne, what was your favorite hero this year? So I I struggled with this one a little bit for the same reason you were talking, Tim, of uh, I thought about have any of these characters actually done anything super heroic to jump out at me? And 
you know, I went Superman last year, but I don't like the Superman books right now. I've dropped them all, so it's hard for me to pick Superman again. Uh, as much as I love seeing Sleepwalker again, he doesn't deserve the title either. Uh, I went with Spider-Man because I feel like I finally got Spider-Man back with Slot gone, but I don't feel strongly about it. I haven't really seen those that super moment that I can point to and say, this is why he's the hero. Uh, I do have a character that is giving me those moments, but the book is so new. I can't give her the, I can't, I just can't give it to her. And that's armor from uncanny X-Men, but uncanny X-Men's only been out a few months. So I can't give her the, the award for the year. So I'm going with Spider-Man, but it's a very weak one. Spider-Man should be your favorite hero because he's got the most kick-ass uh, comic book game. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I, this was a, a, an interesting one because, like Wayne, the low-hanging fruit last year was Superman. He had the kid, he had the wife, he was living on the farm, he was well-written. This year, not only did we get the, the Bendis reboot, but quite frankly, the last couple of arcs in both books weren't that great um, before the reboot. You know, the Bizarro World thing and then, you know, the, the weird Booster Gold story. Like, neither storyline really tickled my pickle, peeled my banana. Um, so I, I, I went I went different, which is funny because it feels like this is a character who should have won last year or should have been nominated. Or maybe she was. I don't remember. It was a year ago. Uh, but I went with Wonder Woman. Um, and the reason I went with Wonder Woman is because, um, one, I've actually, we don't talk about it on the podcast, but I've actually periodically picked up Wonder Woman, um, the book, because uh, it's picked up on threads from the Dark Side War and featured Grail and um, Baby Dark Side and stuff like that. And I've really, and as well as Wonder Woman's secret brother, that whole storyline that was set up in the pages of, of Dark Side War as well. Um, so I've, I've enjoyed that. Uh, and I've also enjoyed that this is, you know, this is kind of a year where new things have happened to Wonder Woman, um, including the, again, the Justice League dark stuff and, and bringing her into the magic world, which is, you know, they, they always keep her in kind of the Greek god world, but they've actually brought her into this horror magic world with Zaytana and Constantine and Swamp Thing. And she she fits right in. Um, which is interesting given that she's such a bright, shiny character and they, they've done a lot new with her in that book. So Wonder Woman was my vote this year and we have no clear-cut favorite hero. I, I will tell you, Paul, you know, tagging on yours and Wayne's comments about hero, I almost, for favorite villain, went a little meta and called out uh, the DC editorial staff for putting Bendis on my Superman books. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, I might have backed you on that. I might have co-signed that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, our next category is, uh, you know, we were kind of flush with options this year. Um, with favorite comic book TV show because we had three Marvel series. We had Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. Actually, we had more than three because we had yep. Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Runaways. Um, there was probably some so animated Cloak crap. And Shield, Cloak and Dagger. Paul, yeah. I have a list of 16 that I came up with for TV shows. Yeah. And, you know, Flash, all the stuff in DC. Yeah. 
Flash, Gotham, Green Arrow, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Cloak and Dagger, Titans, Sabrina, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Runaways, and Krypton. And none of those are the one I picked. Damn. Yeah. And I forgot about so Krypton. I obviously, I obviously missed some then if you yeah. picked one. All right. Well, same, let Tim go first. Here. Tim hasn't gone first yet. This is my guilty pleasure show. I love it. Oh, CW I know you fan. It's Riverdale. Yeah. It's not. It's not even close this year. Not <laughs> even close. I love it too much. You know, I didn't see any of season two. I'll watch it on Netflix, though. It's just so good. Is season two is either on season two or season three now. I, they must be on season three. I've only seen season two. OK. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you, Paul. I haven't seen any of season two yet. I love season one. Yeah, same here. And you know what, Tim? I'm not going to mirror your vote. But I'm going to pick a similar choice. Nice. Here he goes. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. All right. I, I chose Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, and I, I, I'll caveat that by saying out of the 16 shows Wayne mentioned, I haven't seen a ton of them. Um, and I totally forgot about Krypton. But even incorporating Krypton, I genuinely enjoyed Sabrina more um, and the the characters in that world. I thought Krypton was extremely well done, um, but I, I actually give it to Sabrina uh, this year. And I haven't seen Daredevil season three yet. So, so, pa- so Paul, you know, uh, I had I, I watch a lot of, you know, genre television mm-hmm. and three series rose to my top three. And I, I struggled which which one to select from those. And like yourself, I really enjoyed the chilling adventures of Sabrina. I think it's a top notch show. I, I also thought Daredevil season three was terrific and had some great turns in it. And I really felt like Marvel got over its uh, fattening on the bone. Uh, They, 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 they really made a tight, uh, you know, uh, series of stories in daredevil season three, but by far the comic book inspired television show that rocked my boat this year uh, was a, sh- a TV show that I hated in its uh, first several seasons. Uh, I hated the cast. I hated the story. But this season, uh, Fear the Walking Dead made some bold choices. Uh, they killed off most of the most of the cast of characters, uh, leaving only two from the original season. Um, they there was actually one of the things I've complained about uh, about The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead is that there's there's really no joy and there's really no romance. And they managed to tell a beautiful romantic tale uh, in this, you know, zombie apocalypse. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead was this season has been fantastic from beginning to end. Uh, I, I loved it. And it is my choice for favorite TV show inspired by a comic book. You so, know, Aaron, when you when you started with the I, I hated the cast, I didn't like the first season. I thought you were going to say funny books. I really. <laughs> uh, so why so, right. home? Can I just say it's amazing that there are, after the other ones brought up, we're up to 19 comic book inspired TV shows. Yeah. That's just astounding. Uh, but like you, Aaron, I had a couple that were rising up that I was really debating on. And uh, my final two, I want to give an honorable mention to Cloak and Dagger. That show is absolutely incredible. And it would have been my winner if Sabrina hadn't come out. Yeah. Yes. And, 
Sabrina just utterly blew me away. It surprised me. It wasn't at all what I expected. And yeah, it was my it was my comic inspired TV show of the year. But Cloak and Dagger was so good. If you guys ever get a chance to watch it, if it drops on Netflix or something, because I don't see you guys watching anything on Freeform. <laughs> Fair it, point. it is a really, really good show. And it, it's my runner up. But yeah, Sabrina. Well, we have another winner with Sabrina. And I can respect that choice. I, you know, it's like I said, it's on my top three. And uh, I just I think uh, Sabrina's super strong. Now, I am looking forward to the, some of the stuff we have coming in 2019. They just greenlit a pilot for Batwoman. Um, and I got to say, I, I, I'm looking forward to season two of The Punisher. Uh, and I started watching Titans the other day. I don't know about you guys. I genuinely enjoyed the first episode. Good deal. Um, so what I'm looking forward what to. I'm really looking forward to is I want them. I want DC to get the app out for PlayStation because I want to see Young Justice. Yeah. Well... You know, so we go from TV to movies with our favorite comic book movie. Um, I had a list of nine comic book movies that came out. All right, Wayne, tell us the movie. Tell us the nine. Avengers Infinity War, Aquaman, Deadpool 2, Venom, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Death of Superman, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Black Panther. Yeah, it was a good year for Marvel. Um, So, well, why don't you go ahead and start us off, Wayne? I know that nobody else is going to pick the one that I picked, but out of those, I went Deadpool 2. Uh, And it was a close call between Deadpool 2 and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. My expectation, I think that you guys are going to give it to Black Panther. I thought Black Panther was a really good movie, but I didn't really see that it did anything new. And it seemed to be a very formulaic, very common story that we've seen before. Uh, So that's why I went with Deadpool 2, is I just enjoyed the movie more. But Black Panther was a Black Panther and uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse were my two runners up. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go next uh, because my vote was actually for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That there is so much genuine joy I had in watching that movie. Uh, And there were there were there were some good movies this year and there were some lame-o ones like Ant-Man wasn't that hot, Um, you know. Uh, and we about Avengers was great, and you know so was Black Panther and Deadpool. I enjoyed, but for me, man, Spider Man into the Spider Verse was a breath of fresh air. It was something different. It was something new. It was something unique, um, and they, I genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah, they did Miles and they did Gwen both very well. I was blown away by both characters. I didn't like the art, and that's the one thing that holds me back on that one. But it was. I really respect your choice. I say it was my runner up because that was an incredible movie. Aaron. So, uh, I, I, I respect both choices. Um, I, I enjoyed Deadpool too. Uh, I have not seen into the spider verse, but I've, I've, I've heard great things. So I, I can't make a judgment on into the spider verse, but, uh, I absolutely loved black Panther. Um, and I, I, strongly disagree with some of Wayne's comments like Black Panther didn't do anything new. Uh, Black Panther did a lot of things new. Uh, Number one, be the most successful film of 2018 uh, with a black man heading the cast. In fact, having a primarily all black cast. I think that's huge. I think that that is uh, that is history. Um, but beyond that, that I think say that's that, a meta new thing. That's not with the story itself. Though. I hear you, but I just I just want to clarify that comment. But 
I also think it, it did something that uh, that so many uh, superhero films fail to do, and that, that is to make me feel like I am in a real world, uh, to make me feel like that there is you know, that, that all of these different places I'm going to actually exist. And I think that's the brilliance of Wakanda. Um, you know, they actually made you feel like it was there. Um, I, I, I think, I think everything from direction to acting to design, I just, I think Black Panther just sings. I think it is almost a perfect movie. What I would also like to say is that a film that didn't even come up into my top five in that top nine that you just described, Wayne, is that, Avengers Infinity War didn't come close. Uh, I, I the the further I get away from Avengers Infinity War, I'm not going to say that I disliked it. I just think that it's not particularly a good film. I just rewatched it over Christmas because I got it for Christmas, and right. it is fun. I really enjoy it, but if we're saying it isn't necessarily a good film, like yeah. you, like you said, it is a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. But I get that. Yeah, I think I, it, it's funny because Avengers Infinity War is the perfect comic book movie in that it is totally indicative of a lot of the issues I have in comic books now, which is one that it's empty, right? There are some, there are the hundreds of character deaths that mean nothing because you know, they'll be back. And yeah. two, it's just a series of fights with no story. Um, and you know, that's, that's indicative of a lot of the, the, the issues we have with, with some of our big crossovers and events, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit. Well, and you know, to your point, Paul, Avengers infinity war, it, it much as Thor Ragnarok is absent heart and stakes. Right. Because even though people are dying left and right, you don't really care about it. Right. Um, whereas Black Panther, in my opinion, is full of heart, you know, and you've got characters on screen who like each other and you like the characters that are on the screen. I mean, I even really liked the villain in Black Panther. It was a villain with, that was that actually I understood his motivation. Um, I, I, I dug that movie. So, Tim, bring us home. Bohemian Rhapsody was my favorite movie. <laughs> Freddie, Freddie Mercury is a superhero. Yeah, you know, I can count on one hand how many movies I've gone to the movie theater twice. That was one of them. Yeah, yeah uh, I, 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 that. I, I love that movie. Um, I feel like it, it crosses genres, and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, assuming that you're not going to let me get away with that, I uh, I love Deadpool too, but I I would go Avengers: Infinity War. And the reason I would go there is because you have such a high degree of difficulty pulling all those characters together and making sure that nobody got short shifted. And I think for the most part, they did that. Um, and it's the first time in a long time that I think Thor was with a capital B badass. And that's what I needed. So that I, I hear all your complaints. <laughs> I, and, I, and I didn't see Black Panther, so I, I can't I can't judge that. But God, God damn, just how difficult it was to pull all those people together and make them all feel important and special. And I get it. You know, if you were a fan of, like, say, Winter Soldier, that probably you probably probably wasn't your movie. But like I felt like everywhere else I I I, uh, I got a good story. So, yeah, for me, it's Avengers Infinity War. So we don't have a winner um, for favorite movie. We've got four 
four great movies. I, I, I do not dispute that any of these are great options. Um, I, I enjoyed all of them. Um, and, uh, you know, 2019, we've got a ton of stuff coming. We've got Shazam. I think the first one out, out of the gate this year is Captain Marvel um, this year. Yeah, we have Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, Shazam. Uh, I don't know what else, but those are that's a pretty big start. Yeah. All right. Well, another category where we clearly never have a winner. And you guys are just going to have to use the power of your imagination or go to iomgeek.com because I'll post all the images there in the um, show notes for this. Uh, is our favorite cover of uh, of 24... Of, I was about to say 2014. I don't know what the hell I'm looking Oh, I know what I'm looking at. Um, so, obviously... I- I yep. just want to know that when I die, I want this to be the Tim Memorial favorite cover. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, funny. Considering that th- th- next year is our last one, just yeah. don't die in the next year. Uh, okay, so not. Paul, next year when you name the title, it's going to be uh, the funniest favorite cover. Suck it, Tim. Yeah, you know it, it's funny because like I don't genuinely love doing this category either. <laughs> But at the same time, I think we leave it on there just to hear Tim gripe about it every year. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I hate picking for this category. Well, and I'm looking at Tim's right now, and I like it, so I'm going to let Tim go first. Uh, Mine mine was pretty easy because I've learned over the years, it took me a few years, that to just – just go with the first thing that you've seen in the pile that you really liked. Don't look at every comic book in Known Man to find a cover for a book you didn't read. So this one uh, was Avengers 11, and uh, is uh, I don't know what the actual title of the book was, but basically on the cover you've got uh, She-Hulk and Thor in a semi-comfortable uh, position, we'll say. And uh, it's one of the... It's it's kind of like Riverdale. It's kind of one of the main reasons I'm reading Avengers. So that's why I picked it. Uh, oh yeah, for those who don't know, She Hulk and Thor, they're banging. I don't think of it. Well, yeah, that's that's fair. I was gonna say I don't think they have, but yeah, I think they did. So, well, they're emotionally banging. How about they're that? emotionally banging, right? So, Paul, what was your favorite cover this year? So my favorite cover uh, this year was. Action Comics number 1004. Um, the, the cover is by artist Steve Rude um, and features Superman flying above a pack of geese, uh, looking down at them, smile on his face. It's just a, it's a painted cover. It's beautiful. It reminds me a lot of the Max Fleischer uh, Superman design. Very classic, unlike anything in the book. Um, that must be a variant cover. Is it? No, I believe. I mean, I thought it was the one that was on my um, my comicsology. I could be wrong, but regardless, it's beautiful. And if it's a variant, um, then that is that is their mistake because uh, it, it it it's a beautiful cover. I, I you know it is uh, an iconic um, image of Superman uh, and just seeing him smile. You know, it's it's you you don't realize the things that um, <laughs> that you miss. After a while, uh, because Superman's just not in a happy place in his book, and uh, so the the cover is just a, a reminder oh, no, of happier it, times. It, it, it was the main cover I just checked. Sorry, oh. Oh, no worries. Yeah, that no is it. That is a very throwback look for Superman, and that is a pretty pretty neat cover, Paul. I'll give you that. Perfect. So, uh, Aaron, you want to go next? 
Sure. Uh, I, I actually did the homework. I, uh, I, I looked through my uh, purchases over, over the last year, and I got to tell you, and, and I know it's got a lot to do with my tender feelings towards the characters and uh, the, the long overdue event itself, but it is the cover to Fantastic Four 650, which came out in December, uh, with Ben Grimm and Alicia Masters tying the knot. It has the, the, the happily uh, recently married couple standing, you know, inside a, a heart of fire with uh, doves flying up. So, you know, not too dissimilar from the geese on uh, Paul's Action Comics 1004. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really dig that cover. I think Alex Ross did a brilliant job on it. I love her wedding dress. And, you know, so many times you see these weddings and it's like the artist has never seen a wedding dress before. Uh, I love that that Ben is wearing his, uh, you know, Jewish prayer shawl. I think the detail on that cover is fantastic. And of course, you would expect high detail from Alex Ross, but uh, I think it's a gorgeous cover. Now, I agree, Aaron. I almost picked that one. Uh, when I think about best cover, one of the things I try to look for is what book did I buy specifically because the cover caught me? Uh, so for this year, for me, I I looked back and very beginning of the year, Judas. Issue one was in uh, 2017, so I couldn't do it. So I went with uh, issue number two's cover. But the three covers for, the, for that book, just they're very evocative. They're not pretty they're not beautiful like the uh, some of the other ones we're talking about but they caught my attention and they grabbed me and they made me want to see what the book was about so i went judas as as we say about you every week (laughs) (laughs) well obviously we weren't going to have a clear-cut winner there but let's see if we have a clear-cut winner for a holy shit moment of the year um, you know, our most surprise, it's not even always most surprising, but most um, memorable moment or I don't know, like in some cases, it really is just a holy shit moment. It means different things to different people. Um, I guess for this one, I'll go first because uh, my holy shit moment of the year was the bat penis. <laughs> oh, Paul. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it, it's always about dick with you, Paul. <laughs> Pretty always much always. <laughs> um, you know, well, speaking of dick, I almost went with uh, Nightwing getting shot in the head um, because that was a, a, so surprising when flipping that page and Nightwing getting shot in the face. But the the the, the follow through on that was was garbage. Um, so, but the bat penis thing, it was such a media frenzy that um you know it 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 they they recalled the book they corrected it before they released it digitally like it was just insanity um when the bat penis came out so uh so that was my holy shit moment of the year because it made the world cry out holy shit and paul that's why and i never thought i ever say this i agree with you on my list, I have Batcock written down because of the media <laughs> frenzy around it, because of the reaction when I heard that they were going to have his penis actually drawn in a book. It really was a reaction of holy shit. And am, am I am I remembering this correctly, Wayne, that you bought that issue both in digital and in print? I did. Because the digital was blurred out so that you could actually see the penis in the print edition. Do I recall that correctly? You are recalling that correctly. Wayne and Paul, 
all about dick. Well, if there's one thing that Wayne and I can agree on. I'll like the follow through on the bat penis more. That's that's what it basically was. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> so, so uh, unless you guys agree, uh, Tim and Aaron. We may be, yeah, we may be giving Batman penis an award. I want Aaron to go first so I can agree. <laughs> the, the, the golden dildo goes I, to. I think I may be the only one currently reading this book, so I think I'm going to be the only voice here. And I because. This book is still rather fresh out. I'm not actually going to be explicit as to what the holy shit moment was. But, you know, my criteria for holy shit moment of the year is something that gives me an audible. Something that gives me a holy crap, you know, uh, while I'm reading the book. And that is the betrayal in Magic Order number five. Uh, I, I was I was stunned by the turn in Magic Order number five. And it is, uh, if you're not reading Magic Order, highly recommend that book by Mark Miller over in Image Comics, over at Image Comics. It's just a terrific, fantastic book. Well, admittedly, I'm way behind on that. So, yeah. All right, Tim. You can't, with the stipulation that you can't agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I alluded to it just, just a moment ago, but when I was reading Avengers 4, uh, Thor and She-Hulk were a, it, basically getting an artifact from the Frost Giants, and uh, the, and, I, and I'll do a little theater for you. Thor is freezing to death. And he says, "So cold, can't move. Take it, Hulk." And so Hulk, She-Hulk goes, "Hulk is warm. Hulk is the warmest one there is." And I flip the page, and they're they're totally lip locked. And that that was my I, that got an audible holy shit. I wasn't even reading the book. And I flip through and I'm like, I'm buying this book now. I, I hated giant robots. I'm buying this goddamn book. <laughs> you know, Tim, uh, one of the series you've talked about, that mo- uh, you you've talked about Mr. and Mrs. X. The Rogue Gambit wedding might have actually qualified for me if it hadn't been. I read it on articles all over. Like if I had just been reading the book expecting the Colossus Kitty wedding – and then saw Rogan Gambit get married, that might have made it. It's another case of Marvel going to interviews and ruining their own moments. Yeah. Uh, but most importantly, Ugh. our winner of Holy Shit Moment of 2019 is the Bat Penis. Na 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 na. Bat dick. <laughs> you get to pin the ribbon on, Paul. <laughs> Holy bat cock, Batman. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Yeah. We had our fun. Now, our next category um, is our favorite limited series or original graphic novel. Uh, so these are limited series that continued, started, ended, or graphic novels that were published in 2019, and I will say, or 2018, and um, I will say, and maybe you guys will remind me otherwise, not a ton of great graphic novels this year, um, in my opinion, or even graphic novels to begin with. You know, in prior years, we had the the launch of Earth One. Um, you know, we, we had uh, a bunch of like uh, com- companies invested in that graphic novel market. And I, I think we had Green Lantern Earth One, but I think that might have been it um, this year. Not a ton of like huge launch graphic novel properties. Um, so... I'm going to do a funny books first right here. Are you ready for it? Okay. I am blind agreeing. I am so confident 
then I am blind agreeing with what Wayne says. Whichever one he picks, because I know which one he picks, I'm blind agreeing with. All right, well, Wayne, what are you going to pick? Don't disappoint me, Wayne. I'm going to really disappoint you, Tim. Oh, you're such a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because I had a feeling you you might pick uh, Sleepwalker. And as much as I enjoyed seeing him again, the, the series just wasn't good enough for me to give it to this. When I thought back over the year... For limited series, I enjoyed Nightwing New Order more. But, and nobody else has read this one, I'm sure. I'm going with an uh, original graphic novel, Power Ranger Soul of the Dragon. That, yeah. That's not a thing. That's not <laughs> a thing I just did. <laughs> blind okay, agreed. So you blind Tim agreed. and Wayne. Tim and Wayne have both voted for that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it was a. So it was a really good original graphic novel set outside of the books that they're publishing. And it takes the character of Tommy Oliver, only he's older, he's married, he's with a kid, he's not a Power Ranger. And it is his, basically his final adventure. And I was just blown away by the book. It was really good. Um, when I dr- when I drowned Wayne in Missouri next year, <laughs> I'm going to point back to this moment with you guys. All right. We'll look the other way. Well, All right. Aaron... How about you? Well, first, I just want to say that we've got two categories, you know, favorite limited series and favorite new series. Um, I think that the distinction between limited series versus just series is uh, a a bit of a fallacy in that with all the reboots and how everything, you know, goes back to a number one. I just think that they're all comic series. Yeah, fair. Um, but that said, we'll make the change uh, next year. Yes, sir. Uh, with within the realm of favorite limited series, um, I had two books that I had in contention. The first of which being the Magic Order, um, which I am just super enjoying. Uh, but my my choice, uh, and I, this isn't going to be a surprise to you, Paul, uh, is Mister Miracle. I think that Mister Miracle was, while it was confusing in the first issue or so, to really kind of understand what in the hell Tom King was up to. Um, I, it stuck the landing. It had me entertained throughout, and had me asking big questions. And I and I think that the thing that I, I find so interesting about Mister Miracle is that um, it it is one of those rare comics these days that really requires maybe that's too strong a word that uh, encourages rereading because there's just so much on the page and there's so much on the panel with those, you know, wonderful nine panel pages with so much going on. And so, and, and the dialogue, while there's a lot of it, doesn't feel like it's too much dialogue. Um, I just, I, I really think Mr. Miracle asks big questions, tells a, a, a terrific story that at its heart is just human. Uh, and that was why Mr. Miracle was my hero of the year, and it's uh, why this is my favorite limited series. Well, and I agree with Aaron. And, you know, unfortunately, Mr. Miracle isn't running away with the title because some <laughs> somebody some agreed, with, <laughs> agreed yes. with Power Rangers' Soul of the Dragon. I just, I just <laughs> want to let you know that the lesson learned here is do not put all your hope in Wayne. That vessel is too shallow to hold all that, your entire hopes and fucking dreams. That, that, that is that is true. Not Were you true. assuming I'd pick Sleepwalker? I would have I would have bet a not insubstantial amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> All I have to say to you, Tim, is you have failed the city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well So 
quickly, favorite writer, Tom King. Same reasons uh, as I just said. Yeah. <laughs> I was favorite, and I favorite writer, Tom King, but because of Batman and Identity Crisis. And, and I agree because of Mr. Miracle. Um, less so Batman, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, so, wow. Favorite yeah. writer, Tom King, here as well. What? For what? Wow. Our first four-way. <laughs> so far. For his, bat- for his Batman work. I didn't realize you were reading Batman. <laughs> I stopped reading it, but his, what he, what he, what I read of him this year was incredible. Wow, a four-way vote for Tom King. Yeah, that that is a rare, rare occurrence. Um, Tom King, writer, favorite writer for 2018. And I think it stands that we that there's three different books mentioned for for yeah. him that we we liked. So. And, Good on you, Tom. Yeah. Well, and uh, what's interesting is I had trouble choosing my favorite artist from two of those books. Um, it, I, I so I'm just going to go ahead and start with favorite artist. Uh, I had I was debating between Clay Man or Mitch Jarrods. Um, you know, Clay Man, the artist on Heroes in Crisis, but also um, did a number of issues of Batman this year, including a pretty great. Uh, Batman Superman uh, book, um, as well as the Poison Ivy uh, um, arc. Uh, so claim in, he does some wonderful art, but I actually gave it to Mitch Jarrods uh, because while I think Clayman will will take it away in 2019 for Sexy Lois Lane, um, in 2018, I found that Mitch Jarrods art, though not as visually appealing as Clayman, had so many intricacies and... Uh, and benefits to to spending a moment and looking at what he was trying to get to or looking at the backgrounds or looking at the characters' faces that um, it, it truly complemented Tom King's writing on Mr. Miracle. So I went with Mitch Jarrett's. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to Aaron. Uh, same here. Mitch Jarrett's, same reason. Uh, his visual storytelling is is, I mean, just exquisitely professional. It is he, he's a superstar in the way he told the uh, Mr. Miracle story in, in, in a visual manner. I, I there's a lot to see on those pages. So, uh, Tim, you know what? What I look for in, in, in the favorite artist is this is the guy that I want to do. If he did any of the books that I read, I'd be extremely happy. You know, a guy like Stepan Sayage, a guy like Stuart Amonin. Those those are the iconic people that, that, you know, since we've been doing this, our guys are like, man, I wish they'd do this book or that book. But um, you know, can, I, can I interrupt you for just a sure. second? Along those lines, one of the things I noticed is that there are damn few artists that I think are worthwhile drawing over at Marvel right now. I mean, their stable of talent seems really empty. You know, I I I, I would agree somewhat. Um, I, I I do uh, like the uh, the the people that are doing uh, Avengers, which is sure. David Marquez. Um, but uh, this this one I, I picked Lee Weeks for his work on mm-hmm. Heroes in Crisis. I like Lee Weeks. I yeah, there's another guy that I'm like. Yeah, I wish he was doing a a, a, Mar- a Marvel book that I could read. You know, get him over on Thor, get him over on uh, X-Force, you know, something like that. But yeah, Lee Weeks. So when we talk uh, artists, I try to look for ones that I've done multiple books or have done something that really stands out for me. And 
this year, nobody really jumped out. I mean, in past years, I can point to certain people that have just amazed me, but it really seems like for me this year, it's just... We've talked about being kind of a mediocre year. I don't want to say the art's mediocre, but there were no standouts for me. So I'm abstaining from this category. That means that Mitch Jarrods and Tom King are our favorite artist and writer for 2018. And I should clarify that while I absolutely agree that much of much of what was produced and what we read in 2018 was uh, not stellar, Mr. Miracle absolutely is. And I think uh, uh, it stands up. It would stand up in any year, uh, not just a year in which the competition is so slight. So, yeah. so since we're talking favorite artists and uh, writers – now seems like a good time to mention, at least give the honorable mention or respect out to some creators that we lost this year, because this year has been rough creator-wise. Uh, early beginning of the year, the first one we lost was Steve Ditko, and that one, Ditko was so instrumental in the designs of a lot of the characters that we still love today. Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yep. We... Uh, Gary Friedrich, I don't know if you guys know him, but he was the co-creator of Ghost Rider, co-creator of Son of Satan, uh, Norm Brayfogle, and of course, Brayfogle Bray is my favorite Batman artist, and I'm not getting choked up, I'm just, uh, but, <laughs> but um, he, he was my favorite Batman artist of all time, um, and I shouldn't say was, because he, he is and will continue to be my favorite Batman artist of all time, so that, that one hurt when we lost uh Mr. Bray Fogel. Yeah, and the last one to put out the big respect for the other father of Spider-Man, Stan Lee. We Spider- lost. Spider-Man has two dads. Yeah, yeah. not anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was. It, you're absolutely right. It was a rough year, particularly in that we lost. You know, in Stan and Steve, uh, both both passing away this year, we lost two of the great. Uh, comic book golden age founders, right? I mean, those were the guys that brought us, you know, Spider-Man and uh, uh, Doctor Strange and so many other wonderful books that that we continue to enjoy today, not just in in, in the comic books, but also in film. Uh, it, it, it's rough. I, you know, yeah. the, the, they're, they're giants. And um, I, I would suggest that perhaps Steve Ditko did not get as much credit uh, for his work uh, over the course of his life that, that he was due, much as Jack Kirby. But, uh, you know, the two of them are were just pillars. And I, you know, one of those things I, in terms of life goals, one of the things that, that I would really like to, to have is an original piece of Steve Ditko art. Yeah. And, uh, of course, that's a lot more that's a lot more challenging because uh, prices went up exponentially after his after he passed away. You know, um I, I had this conversation actually after Aquaman, uh, not not on the air, but uh, with Jen, uh, just about DC versus Marvel as far as the creators are concerned. Um, you know, because she has who created Aquaman, and I'm like, I don't know. And it, you know, it's important to 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 note that DC creators out uh, create DC characters outside of Superman. A lot of them were were work for higher creations that have since stood the test of uh, you know stood the test of time, including Batman and Aquaman, and you know to a certain extent, Wonder Woman was was a bit of a passion project, um, you know, from from its creators. But Marvel, 
that that's almost the the entirety of of that universe the entirety of the iconic characters uh i wouldn't say all of them but a good majority of them were created by three guys yeah um, and and we've lost all three we've lost that golden age of marvel um you know the, those and but they you know they they lived long lives all three of them none of them died particularly young um or but you know they yeah. they they contributed a lot to to our media and our social uh, you know, conscious. Yeah, I'm not sure about uh, Kirby, but Ditko was 90. Stanley was 95. I think Ditko was. I mean, uh, he, he he certainly died younger than the other two. Um, he was older than them, right? But uh, he, he did die younger than them. But I think a lot of that probably had to. Do, and I don't re- recall how he died, but I, you know, he was a heavy smoker in in life, and I don't. I think it was cancer that took him. So. With that in mind, you know, we 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 look forward to to new creators coming in. And, uh, you know, we talked about, um, you know, our our favorite artists and writer this year. And, uh, you know, we want to kind of talk about our big three categories uh, that we always wrap up with, which is our favorite event or crossover book um, this year. And uh, for me... I always end up start. I don't, I don't. I shouldn't start everything that I introduce, but I'm going to. Um, I, you know, I almost went with some some stupid dark horse choice. I almost pulled a Wayne, um, and I, I almost threw Injustice versus Masters of the Universe as my choice in here, and I <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't. Um, I thought about it because, um, gotta be honest, guys, it's a fucking great book, um, and it it's great. It stands whether you are a Masters of the Universe fan or not, as long as you know about the Injustice universe, um, because it's it's fun. It's just fun. It incorporates Injustice, Masters of the Universe, and the New Gods, and it is just a fun, well drawn, um, well done book. And uh, you know, it, 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 it's you know, a lot of folks don't recall this, but Mas- but Masters of the Universe once they added um, a storyline to it. A lot of it was just basically stolen from from the new gods, and uh, you know it, they they were they it was heavily inspired by them. So seeing those characters interact, I loved. And I'm talking a lot about a book that didn't win uh, because my ultimate choice was Doomsday Clock. Um, you know, it, it started off for me strong, and then it kind of like got into this like okay, nothing's really happening territory. And then um, this year, you know, we we experienced some delays, but around the halfway point of that book it just took off for me uh, anyway and since then has been filled with you know uh, some fantastic moments some great art um, some holy shit moments if not the level of bat penis um, but just I, I I am looking forward to every issue of Doomsday Clock it becomes essential reading if there's one fault I would have in the book now that that it's it's found its stride. It's in the back matter, um, and in in it's in that it doesn't matter like it did in Watchmen, um, <laughs> you know. And and so I, I I do think no one does back matter quite like uh, Alan Moore or you know guys like Brew Baker and stuff like that. Um, so, but but the 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 portion of the book, the the main storyline is is really gripping me. So. Doomsday Clock was, was my vote for favorite event uh, or crossover of 2018. Uh, Tim, how about you? Uh, I, I, uh, I, no, I'm just going to do it. Uh, it's very dangerous to uh, 
pick a ongoing uh, a crossover event that is not completed. And normally we would have learned the lessons of our forefathers. However, <laughs> apparently today was the day that I decided to make poor choices on this show. <laughs> Clearly. So <laughs> I'm I'm picking Heroes in Crisis. Um it it's only been issue 3. Okay. And and I and I do I did I do like Doomsday Clock. However, Doomsday Clock feels like the assigned reading that I'm assigned in English class that I actually enjoy when I was a junior, you know? It's very wordy. I I I get a lot of enjoyment out of it that I shouldn't cuz it's it's just a different experience to me. But that said, I've I, there's nothing I like more than when you see the vulnerability of your heroes. And Heroes in Crisis is all about that, all about the the insecurities that that these these people have to the point where they have to go away. Um I love the aspect of the basically group therapy that I'm sure we're going to see at some point in this book. Yeah. And uh I I, I I, I love the art. We, Lee Weeks, like I said, favorite artist. So Heroes in Crisis for me, with the caveat that I know it's not completed. So Wayne? All right. So Heroes in Crisis isn't completed, and I don't trust DC to nail the ending. Plus, I don't like it very much. I'm still reading it, but I just am not enjoying it. Uh, Doomsday Clock has huge pacing issues, and I just it's gotten really good. But the first half of it, I disliked. So I wouldn't give it to that either. Uh, what I went with for crossover was Hunt I for Wolverine. I swear to God, Wayne, if you say fucking Power Rangers shattered, <laughs> shattered glass or whatever. I I actually almost did, Paul. That was my runner-up. Paul, right. you almost said He-Man and whatever the fuck you just yeah, said. Yeah, but I, I okay. didn't. But, but, I, but I chose otherwise. Power, Power Rangers Shattered Grid was an incredible crossover, and it was great. But... Hunt for Wolverine reminded me of everything I liked about Wolverine. Before Wolverine, before they killed him, I was sick of the character. And Hunt for Wolverine was a series of multiple miniseries built up, and each one reminded you of something you liked about the character. They focused on different aspects of it. And it wasn't about, you know, the return of Wolverine. That's a completely different event. The hunt for Wolverine reminded me of why I used to love the character, and it made me care about the character again. And that's why I'm giving it the win over – like, Shattered Grimm is a really good story. I enjoyed the crossover a lot, but it didn't make me feel or remember like Hunt for Wolverine did. All right, Aaron, take us home. So uh, it wasn't even a contest for me. As to what my favorite event or crossover was, um, it is the Elseworlds CW crossover in Arrow, The Flash, and uh, Supergirl. I watched that with unbridled joy. Uh, I had a smile on my face throughout all three hours. Um, it was absolutely terrific, and it is my favorite crossover of the year. Yeah. Hearing Grant Gustin say, you have failed the city. Yeah, no, it's and him doing the salmon ladder. I come back to the salmon yeah. ladder is just awesome. I never even thought about putting that as an option because it wasn't a comic book. But yeah, I really respect that answer because <laughs> there were so many great moments in that crossover. Yeah. All right. Well, no we, clear winner no in a venture crossover. But you want to start us off on our next category, Aaron? 
I will. And it is a book that nobody on this podcast is reading, I believe. Uh, my favorite new series, hands down, is Star Trek versus Transformers. Um, it features the Star Trek animated series original crew versus the animated series from, what, the 90s of Transformers. And it is magnificent. And that's my dog knocking on the door, by the way, if y'all heard that. Wow. Uh, that is, <laughs> hi, Elmer. <laughs> that, that dog has knuckles. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it is – the art is perfect. They, the animated series guys are drawn like they're from the old, you know, 70s animated series from Star Trek. They're drawn, The Transformers are all drawn like the uh, 90s era uh, Transformers. It is just amazing. And seeing the Enterprise transform was off the page awesome. Hmm. Uh, I love this series. Um, I've only picked up uh, the first two issues, and I've decided to not buy the, the rest of the single issues because I want it in trade. Um, but what I have read is just as fucking awesome as it can be. I love this series. So, Tim? Uh, well, I've mentioned that already, but Mr. and Mrs. X from Marvel Comics is my uh, my uh, my favorite new series. Uh, it's been written by Kelly Thompson, and it's just like I said, it's it's all the X Men I need without all the X Men I don't need. <laughs> so, uh, in in the first five issues, they've uh, had their honeymoon ruined and went on adventures fighting the Shi'ar and running with Corsair and the Star Jammers. It's been amazing. I loved it. Wayne. So. I, I made a rule for myself this year that I'm going to break. And that rule was I didn't want to give it to any book that is just a reboot. So I didn't want to give it to Amazing Spider-Man, and I'm not giving it to Amazing Spider-Man because as much as I'm enjoying it, it doesn't deserve a favorite new series. But I am giving it to Uncanny X-Men. Uh, and I kind of bounced around between a couple books on it, but Uncanny X-Men has really surprised me. I am enjoying this, you know, the story. I'm enjoying seeing X-Men return. But what surprises me is all of these younger generation of mutants that I've never cared about before. This book is making me really like them and care about them. And when I look for what are my favorite series, it's the ones that the moment they come out, I am reading them right away and I'm not waiting a week or so. And am I enjoying it despite never talking about it on the podcast? And uncanny x-men so wayne one of the reasons because i was interested when they did the reboot on that was that when you have an x-men book first of all it's going to cross over second of all there's going to be a lot of people in it is it overwhelming i guess that's but i know i know you love it but can you look at it and go there's a lot going on uh there is so there are multiple teams of x-men around but it's had a real focus on kind of this younger generation uh, I haven't felt overwhelmed, even though I didn't necessarily know all of these characters. Okay. So uh, that leaves me, huh? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm going to surprise everyone, I think. Um, so I, I added a stipulation onto myself. 
<laughs> uh, with favorite new series, which is you know the 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 caveat of favorite new series is that it started in twenty in in the year in twenty eighteen, um, but the the caveat I added is that it started in twenty eighteen and I'm still reading it. Um, you know, and and Aaron, you know, Star Trek versus Transformers. I mean, you 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 plan to continue reading it. Um, you're just waiting for the trade. But for me, right. it was like you know something that I I, I continue re- to read, and I'm going to and I'm going to continue to read, um, or, or I look forward to reading. And I got to be honest, guys, I had nothing. I actually have nothing for favorite new series. You know, the, the new series that I picked up this year, I, I wrote J- Justice League Dark in there, and I took it out because I'm like, well. After the first three issues, I think, like it took a nosedive in quality. Um, other new series that I started are like Superman, Action Comics. You know, those had reboots. Fantastic Four started this year. None of them have been particularly mind-blowing. I would have hoped that Justice League by Scott Snyder would have been on this list, but it's not. It's just not that great. Um, so, I, you know, I, I didn't have a vote this year. So, I have nothing. I'm, I'm abstaining my vote. Well, and I, and I think that for me, one of the big changes this year is that in any of these categories, in none of these categories, I should say, Superman uh, was never a contender because of what happened on his book this year. And even though and you know, I think Paul and I had this conversation earlier, um, even though the action comics and Superman are – fine or even good, they're not great. And they're not as exciting and satisfying as the Dan Jurgens run. Um, and I'm hoping that Bendis gets there, but he just ain't there yet. Yeah, I dropped both of them. I'm not I also, any Superman, and it's painful because he was my character last year. And I have to say, I hate what they did to Super Sons. Um, yeah. I am I, I cannot abide the maxi series that that they put out. And I just I, I feel like Jonathan and Damien, that that relationship died when Bendis came on board. Um, I, I, I it, it kills me because I, I look back to 2017 and I look back at what I enjoyed then. And that's just not the same as 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 2018. Um, it is it is very distressing to see how quickly things can change on some of the uh, series that you just love. Yeah, you know a lot of creative changes this year, and as such, when it comes to my favorite ongoing series, which is our our final category of the day, I, like I said at the beginning of the show, I have a question mark next to it. <laughs> um, so my vote's Batman, uh, and and I think. The reason I have the question mark on it is because I feel like the book has lost its way a little bit post the bat wedding falling through. Yeah. Um, up until then, I thought the book was stellar. Um, you know, there, there was some great lead up to the wedding. I'm enjoying this long game that Bane is playing. Um, and the, the art before and after the wedding has stayed uniformly excellent. So I, I have no caveats about the art. The art's fantastic. But I, I feel like story-wise, and maybe it's intentional, the book is has is, is in a confused place right now. And again, maybe yeah. that's intentional, but regardless, um, you know, so so Batman is my vote, but you know, it's it's still I, I hope that it'll get back on track in 2019. My my uh, barometer for this, my measurement for favorite ongoing series 
is that book that I'm excited about, that book that I go looking for. When is that book coming out? Is it? Did it come out this time? You know, uh, and I have to say the books that I, I typically sought out in, in that way are no longer being published. Superman and Action Comics uh, by our, our prior team, Super Sons by our prior teams, uh, those aren't those aren't available to us any longer. Um, what what uh, the book that that I get the most excited about is a miniseries, Magic Order. So when I look at what the ongoing series is that I I, I have had that level of commitment. What's that book I go looking for? What's that book that I'm excited about? It's uh, Anthony Johnston's uh, uh, Uber series. No, I'm sorry, Kieran Gillen's Kieran Uber Gillen. series. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's not a perfect book by any stretch of the imagination, but I love it and I look for it every week to make sure it hasn't, you know, that, that it's not out there for me to get. Uh, it is, you know, published by Avatar, and so they don't have as large of a, um, a, a scope of books that comes out every week. So when you're buying it on Comixology, it gets pushed down into the other books, and so you have to go looking for it. And uh, I, I, Uber is a, Uber's a great series. And I, I think it's, it's something I'm excited for when it comes to an end because I'm going to go back and read the whole thing from beginning to end. Uh, but that's my selection. Wayne. Paul's going to hate my answer, but for the same reasons that you described, Aaron, what is the book that I look for every week to see if it came out? What is the book I'm consistently <laughs> one of the first to read and enjoying? It's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And it's kind of sad that to me – out of all of these superhero books that I enjoy, all these characters that I love, that my favorite series is a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. You know, I give you a hard time because <laughs> because I love you. Uh, <laughs> but it, 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 ultimately, these are it's a book that embraces something you loved and and takes the nostalgia and and presents it in a way that appeals to you as an adult, um, which isn't easy right i like i keep trying to get into transformers books and they always disappoint me and you know and it's the same thing you yeah it's the same thing you found in the uh your crossover with injustice and masters of the universe Mm -hmm. it's calling something that and it's i'm assuming they're updating and yeah making it more modern but uh yeah so i mean i i I respect I, i i respect your choice ish so tim what do we got? Uh, we have Batman for all of the same reasons that you had. Um, the only caveat I would say is, although I I, 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 I did enjoy some of the things that happened post-wedding, um, there's an element to Batman when he starts acting like, uh, like, like Batman falling down. That I, I do enjoy. I do enjoy when he when he starts to become deconstructed, and that is the story you you see. You see the deconstruction. You see him find his family again. You see him get back to a normal, and then you start the cycle again. However, when he's on that downhill slide, I do I do thoroughly enjoy that. So I I would say Batman. All right. So Batman. We actually do have a winner for favorite ongoing series. Batman for 2018. So, you know, if you're if you're tallying up, Tom King's the big winner this year, and I believe he was last year. He was. Uh, he was. As well. So, you know, between Dark Side, um, 
Let's see what else. Uh, Dark Side, uh, him winning the writer, Mitch Jared's winning artist. Um, uh, favorite uh, ongoing series. Tom King is in, you know, is, is related to four four categories this year. So, um, congrats, to Tom King, and and all of our f- funny book award winners w- award winners uh, in twenty eighteen. Is there anything you guys are particularly looking forward to in twenty nineteen? Um, you know, besides, you know, we mentioned Avengers Endgame. Uh, unfortunately, I think Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four got delayed till twenty twenty. Um, you know, we've got Captain Marvel as a movie uh, coming out this year. I'm looking forward to the War of the Realms uh, from Jason Aaron. And uh, I'm also looking forward to Conan, uh, the Barbarian, just released this week from Marvel Comics. I haven't read it yet, but uh, Jason Aaron um, wrote it and it's got art by uh, Mahmoud Azrar. Uh, so looking forward to that and the conclusion of Doomsday Clock. Anything I am for looking- you guys? I'm looking forward to the conclusion of Doomsday Clock. I am also very much looking forward to the Captain Marvel film. I, I, I'm really super excited about that. The trailers look really good yeah. for it. Um, I'm looking forward to Age of X-Men, is the X-Men crossover that actually looks interesting to me. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the ends of Doomsday Clock and uh, Heroes in Crisis. I expect pretty much all the dead characters to be brought back for heroes in crisis. Um, yeah, really it's more movies and TV stuff that I'm excited about right now. And that's yeah. kind of sad. Well, we've got another season of Sabrina coming Yeah, in comics. There hasn't been much that's been announced um, yet, but we do have some great crossovers that, you know, hopefully fingers crossed stick the landing. Um, yeah. You know, uh, now, if Heroes in Crisis actually ends this year, there's only there were four issues in, five to go. They can do it. You can do it. <laughs> you have twelve months to to finish up this series. Let's let's hope Heroes in Crisis doesn't experience the same delays Doomsday Clock does. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, Paul, yes, sir. You want to tell us what's coming out next week? I have no freaking <laughs> idea Aaron I didn't know we were going to do that um, okay. no, they're, they're, so no. like I mentioned this week because uh, we didn't talk about new books this week but obviously this week the new Conan the Barbarian book um, came out and so uh, I don't know if any of you guys picked it up I picked it up I would like to hopefully uh, chat about it when we meet next week because um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful hopeful it's off to a strong start very good All right. Well, we will see you uh, next time and we start figuring out what's going to win 2019. Batman and his cock can't win two years in a row. Yeah. They're they're not going to do that one again. Maybe it'll be Superman's penis next week (laughs) or next year. (laughs) Hey, uh, before we wrap up, we do want to say that if you have any feedback on anything we chose or you have um, suggestions of your own or, you know, something you're looking forward to in 2019, make sure to hit us up at I, Ideology Madness on Twitter, IOM Geek on Facebook and uh, Instagram, or hit up our IOM Geek hotline. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the air, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. We will talk to you next time. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. 
Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of IdeologyofMadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. 